Veronica glanced right and left, could see in the dark several ladies-in-waiting hopping from slippered foot to slippered foot. Don't be so anxious, she wanted to tell them. Don't look desperate or, God forbid, needy. No one's going to applaud pathos. She felt a squeeze being passed from actor to actor, hand to hand down the line. She knew it was coming, could sense it before it arrived, would be expected to pass it down to Biff on her left. These yahoos, she thought. The squeeze came before the performance, not after. It was a sign of support, of togetherness, a symbol of a team effort, all for one, etc. Well, she would not squeeze Biff's hand. No, sir. The squeeze stopped here. She didn't need a clammy claw to assure her. She was Veronica May, after all. She could keep her cool. She could maintain her composure. She could... Oh, the curtain was going up. She squeezed. The roar as the curtain lifted to reveal the entire cast on stage seemed deafening. Yes, it was a cliché, but clichés were born of truth. Nespas? The first to step forward were the background extras, the atmosphere, as they said in the movies. This group consisted mostly of what Veronica termed virgins. Virgins were new to the border town of Chester, Arizona, new to the theater, but usually old, like around 35 or so. They never had any lines or much to do. Sometimes the director would tell them to whisper peas and carrots over and over again. He claimed it sounded like casual conversation from the audience, but Veronica could never tell since she was always on stage. And sometimes the virgins would lift things, like parts of the set. Or even this one time when Veronica played Cleopatra, the virgins had to carry her throne across stage while she leaned back against pillows and smiled seductively at the audience. That, by the way, was probably the best use of the dip in Veronica's career thus far. The press raved. Next to trot downstage were the ladies-in-waiting and the bozos who played Romeo's friends. Veronica called this group two-timers because they usually hung around for two plays and then stopped coming. Probably because they weren't very good actors and only got to say things like, Hark! or Very good, ma'am. Not like Veronica, who always got the lead and always had the big monologues. And now it was time for Romeo's and Juliet's parents to stumble forward for their bows. Sundowners, Veronica thought kindly. Much nicer than calling them old. They weren't bad, really, when you considered the virgins or the two-timers. In fact, she thought generously, it was good to see these people, some of them grandparents many times over, on stage and at rehearsals, interacting with others instead of cooped up in some nursing home. It was, she thought magnanimously, almost like a public service the community theater was performing by allowing these folks to tread the boards. Suddenly, the applause grew louder. Biff was tugging on her arm, pulling her toward the footlights in his uncouth, desperate, needy manner. Veronica tugged back, as if she were forcing a dog to heal. And Biff obediently complied, permitting her to slow their pace and bask in the adoration of their fans. Veronica turned her violet eyes on the crowd, dipped her head to her chest, and curtsied. Beside her, Biff bent double at the waist, stiffly. But she doubted anyone even noticed him. A single red rose was tossed onto the stage.
Then, a bouquet of yellow and white carnations with baby's breath. Lilies, wildflowers. Was that a pair of underwear? How gauche, and yet... Veronica cast her eyes down toward the jockeys. Nope. Just a soggy white paper towel wrapped around violets in a clump of earth.